traditionally you might think of a home as being a house, a stationary place, something with walls and a floor, maybe even a yard. But it's really so much more than that. In this episode, I explore another definition of home. It is more so a feeling, a feeling of separation from the outside world, of safety and empowerment. Home, not as a place to sleep at night, but a place that fosters creative expression. And that, well, that can be found in many different shapes and forms, even in the form of a 1994 Volvo station wagon. You are listening to You at Home, a podcast about people and their belongings. I'm your host, Hannah Smith, and I want to know about your stuff. A little over a year ago, I did an experiment with my friend Valerie Cochran. She is a songwriter and singer who was having some creative blocks. So for fun, I challenged her to write a song in one week. There were no requirements or restrictions for the song as long as it was done in seven days. And I asked her to let me record the process. The following is the result of that experiment. I should note, when we did this, Drake's hit song Hotline Bling had just been released. Also, there is some language in this episode that may not be appropriate for children. Valerie and I started off the week with a phone call. Do you already have thoughts on the song, like what you're going to write? I had a thought today, which I thought would still count because it's like the day that we're starting. So like, I feel like everybody's been really into that new Drake song, Hotline Bling. Do you like that song? Yeah, you know, it's very catchy. I find the lyrics a little bit sexist. I also thought that, like what I'm getting out of the song is that he left the city and this girl used to call him late at night and now she's hanging out with like a new group of people and like dressing sexier and he doesn't like it, he likes when she's at home doing nothing, calling him. We discussed Hotline Bling for a while. We both liked the song, but we were a little put off by the lyrics. The song gets a little shamey with lines like, used to always stay at home, be a good girl. So I really wanted to write a song from the woman's perspective. So what was it about the lyrics that inspired you to write from the opposite perspective? I think um, what especially got to me was that in the song, he refers to her like showing other people the things that he showed her, Hmm. which, you know, that's, bound to happen in each new relationship you take what you left from the other relationship but what really got to me was that a lot of the references he was making as to her changing behavior it just sounded like she had gotten new friends and she was like exploring herself and having fun without him and um like he was just like you're hanging out with these girls I've never seen you with before um or something like that and um to me I was just like why is it your fucking business? I'm sorry if I can say that or not, but yeah, um, you can say it. but it, that that was what really got me. I don't want to bash on Drake because I really really like him and I think he's really talented and handsome. But you know, I I think it's good to talk about how music makes you feel, and then also even better to like make more music from how that music makes you feel. The man in the lyrics of Hotline Bling is the protagonist of that storyline. Valerie was inspired to imagine the situation from the perspective of the other character, the woman's perspective. What would her song be like? I want to pause here for a moment to make a confession. Here it is. I did not attempt to reach out to Drake for this podcast. 
I also do not intend for this podcast to be a criticism of Drake as an artist. Valerie is simply using the lyrics to one of his songs as an inspiration to write her own song, which I think is kind of a cool way to interact with a piece of music. But if there's any world in which Drake ever actually listened to my podcast, then this is what I would say to him. Hi, Drake. I'm a big fan. And I kind of can't believe you listen to my podcast. If you have anything to add to this conversation, I'm all ears. I'd love to talk to you. Maybe you could call me on my cell phone? Okay, back to the show. We had this conversation on a Sunday, and I asked Valerie to record her thoughts throughout the week as she was writing the song. So it's day one of the songwriting challenge for Hannah's podcast. And so I sat down and uh, started writing some lyrics. And so I started out saying, like, being almost, like, passive-aggressive in a song, which, like, I don't think is very positive. I started to write, go ahead and go, I'll just stay at home alone, you can ask if you want to know. I'll call every night so you don't think I don't think about you. Which is okay, but maybe it's the mindset that I don't want this song to be in. I don't know. I'll keep working on it. A lot of the recordings from Valerie are done in her car while she's driving around. The audio is pretty loud. There are a lot of car sounds. But I'm still using it because, one, I happen to love the raw lo-fi quality of these recordings. And two... Singing in the car is an important part of Valerie's songwriting process. So I'm driving to Tacoma. Hopefully this isn't so loud that you can't hear me. One of my windows doesn't really close all the way. And my car is so old and ruined. It's just really loud. I could have any time, but I don't. No, I don't. I could tell you that I'm doing fine. So basically what I'm doing now, I'm just kind of letting my mind wander and thinking of different feelings that I want to share in this song and like different things I want to say. Which is why it's all like little snippets of songs, like something will just kind of float into my brain and then I'll just try that. Call me late at night when you're pretty tired of your life, but don't go So when I moved to Washington, I moved into a yurt with my now husband. The yurt is a 20-foot yurt. So um, we had electricity, and I did set up my keyboard in there to play a little bit. Um, But I was always used to having a little bit of privacy when I would write songs. The few times that I was practicing in there, and I really do mean few, there was always people around. The yurt sat on the property of an organic vegetable farm where Isaac works. There was no privacy because we had canvas walls and people would walk by when I was practicing and like they would be like, yeah, and like clap or like knock on the door and be like, can I sit in and listen? Um, Because there weren't a lot of musicians on the farm at the time. And I appreciated the attention. But at the same time, I was like, no, I'm trying to write and I don't have a way of getting away from this. Um... I'd always had my own room or like a practice space at college or my parents' basement or some form of like way to get away that nobody would pay attention to me. And so 
Then I put my, my keyboard away because um, there really wasn't room for it and I wasn't really playing it. So sometimes when my neighbor was out of town, I would like house sit for her and like play her piano to my heart's content. But for the most part, I wasn't really playing and I was really depressed about it. Valerie lived in the yurt for five years, and for at least one of those years, she stopped writing music completely. She continued to perform a little bit, playing at the music festival that takes place on the farm where she works, and doing some music with her sister. But she says that she wasn't writing her own songs, and she continued to feel like she had no space of her own that she could create in. This kind of came to a head of my like musical frustration. Um, a friend of ours in the valley where we live had cancer and he was dying and I was going up every once in a while to help take care of him when his wife, her business was taking off and and I would just kind of spend the day with him and try to make him little foods and like chit chat with him and it was a really eye-opening experience for me because I've never had a friend die and it was a friend that I was just getting to know a lot better And so I'm creating this friendship with this person that I know is going to leave soon. And I had so much emotion about that. And every other time in my life, I've always used music to, like, deal with these emotions. And on the way home from taking care of him one day, I just started singing in my car. And I'm just like driving home and on the verge of tears and I just like couldn't help but like sing to these like mountains I was looking at out the window. Oh my God, nobody can hear me. I can just do this anytime I'm in the car and I'm in the car so much. And I was just like, why don't I just sing in my car? And so I made this pact for myself that for at least a year, I wasn't going to listen to any music unless it was records in our house or talk radio. And if I wanted to listen to music, I had to sing. So every time I would feel like I wanted to sing, I would turn on my recorder. And what's so funny is that, you know, I'm recording in this like 1994 Volvo station wagon that, that really was like on its last leg and you can just like hear it clunking around so hard. And it was like my back, my backing band was like my clunky station wagon and my like really loud turn signal and like my like expletives at other drivers once in a while. This singing in her car, Valerie calls it her version of jamming. And uh, I cannot get enough of these recordings. And I think it's exactly as she said. The background noises, and even the car itself, turns into a kind of instrument. There is this one recording in particular that really illustrates it. In it, Valerie's driving home, singing, and she stops mid-song to check her mailbox. She takes a moment to flip through the mail, and then keeps on singing. I want to be young 
The next step in her songwriting process is to listen back to the car recordings and pull out lyrics that she likes. She then incorporates a piano, working out the melody of the song. Oh, by the way, Valerie recently moved into a new house with a spare room that she has designated as her music room, so this is where she's made these recordings. I'm just kind of playing around with the keys and seeing what I like and moving the melody around. I'm thinking that I like the key of C for this. You said no and turned your back Left our city just like that But a lot of my songwriting is done by ear. I was trained as a pianist as I was when I was younger and I have a lot of vocal training, particularly in jazz and blues but um like i don't think about music theory when i'm playing and i don't really follow a lot of piano rules that typically trained pianists would follow sure i'll talk to you but i'm still gonna change if you won't stay why should i be Valerie comes from a very musical family. Her parents were both in bands professionally before they settled down and had children. But music has still always been a very important part of her family. Her mother is a vocalist and her father is a vocalist and pianist and taught her and her siblings to sing and play the piano from a young age. So some of the issues that I'm facing with some of the music I've already been playing is I don't want it to be like a carnival-y happy song. Um, I want it to be a, a melancholic song, like, and maybe I'm projecting onto his song. But um, when I've been in situations like this, I felt the same way. I don't want to feel like the pathetic girl. I just want to be like, no, you said no and you went away. And that's not fair that you're telling me that I'm not allowed to have fun and I'm not allowed to change. And I'm young and I want to go out and maybe you're not the person for me if you're just going to be really judgy. Um, so I think that that's the perspective that I want to take on this song. And I want to mirror that in my piano playing. I feel like when you say I'm not going to listen to music for a year and also even just the act of singing in your car, which just like feels like such an isolated, safe place. I, I can really identify with that feeling, needing to sort of shut off from the world and all of these things that go around in your head about potential criticisms of what you're doing or that whole mental battle that happens. I don't know. Did Do you feel like that's also what you were kind of dealing with that whole time was like figuring out how to be able to create amongst that kind of thing? Yeah, for sure. And there's a lot of, what is that word for when you don't feel like you're good enough? A lot of self-doubt. Mm. And I know that people do like to hear the music that I make or when I sing, but you don't always have cheerleaders around you all the time. And when the voice in your head is more often than not negative about what you're doing, 
it's really hard to get motivated. And so that a big part about um, forcing myself to sing was also because I love music and I love listening to music and I love knowing what music people are making. And so by turning it off, it was like this switch in my head, like you, you have to be the one to create the music. Your music is important too. And I feel like it worked. There might be people out there who don't ever experience creative blocks or self-doubt, and hey, that's wonderful for them. But for all of the rest of us, there are times when this is a real struggle. I know it is for me. And so how do you figure that out? Who the hell knows? Maybe you start singing in your car while you run errands. Whatever works, you know? Most of my life, I've never been a person that sings out loud. And so I've been working on that more. And actually, we have, we just had a friend move in who is very into singing out loud. And um, he's really inspired me and my husband to like sing along with him. And I found myself singing with him, like walking down the street, which is something that I've never done. And so that's been a really exciting feeling too. And I feel like it's just steps to getting more comfortable and getting over that feeling of everything has to be completely isolated and perfect because, you know, I'm never going to have one of those like perfect, which they're not perfect, but in my mind, it was like this perfect isolated practice space that I used to have when I was in college. Um, I'm not going to have that. So like the closest thing I have to it is here and I like should use it while I have it. Over the course of a week, Valerie's song went through many transformations. At one point, she got a wasp sting on her finger, preventing her from playing the piano. But ultimately, she finished the song. I am so proud to present this on my podcast. So, here is the final version of the song. It is called Good Girl by Valerie Cochran. You said no, and you turned your back. Left our city just like that sure I'll talk to you but I'm still gonna change if you won't stay why should I behave sure you can talk to me late at night I can call you when I think I might need a reminder of the good girl I once was
You can check out Valerie's music at ValerieCochran.com. We'll be back in a few weeks to bring you You at Home in the Car Part 2. So check back in because you won't want to miss it. Also, over the course of making this episode, I fell in love with the idea of car recordings. And I just, I wondered, do you, listeners, have a recording of yourself singing or talking to yourself in the car, on a bus, walking down the street? If so, I really want to hear it. Please send me your lo-fi transportation expressions, and I'll do something fun with them, I promise. Thank you so much to Valerie Cochran for your beautiful collaboration on this episode. Our cover art is by Savannah McAnally. And thank you so, so much for listening. Leave me a review on iTunes if you want. Talk to you soon.